conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to a bonus episode of Welcome to Geekdom. Katie Schaefer was kind enough to join me on this so you don't have to listen to just me talking to myself again. <laughs> and first up, we're going to talk about the most recent Avengers Endgame trailer. This is the one that does include a character who recently had a movie. So if you do not want to hear anything about this trailer or know anything about the movie, you might want to skip ahead to our next topic of discussion. I will have, you know, chapter markers in this episode just so I'm not ruining anything for anyone. That That's your final warning, though. So, Katie, this Avengers Endgame trailer, it doesn't show you a ton of new footage. In fact, it shows you footage from a lot of the previous movies. You get all of these black and white scenes. You know, you get the moment with Thor and Odin in Asgard. And you can tell it's sort of just this emotional moment. You have Captain America at Peggy Carter's funeral, another emotional moment. And some people, I don't think, caught on at first that these were flashback scenes because people were like, who died? Who died? <laughs> you know, and it's like, yep. uh, Peggy died. We already knew this. So we're good. We've already then, seen that. <laughs> yeah. And then you have the big moment from Infinity War where people start disappearing. So, you know, those are three very big emotional beats for things that have happened throughout the MCU. You know, the Thor one, not as much as the other two, obviously, but I think it's just reminding you of everything these characters have been through to get to this point. And there's so much that still needs to happen in Endgame. And I think this trailer gives you just enough of that. And you know, I'll also toss in a link for this, but it has been confirmed that the Russo brothers are just trying to basically keep everyone on their toes and misleading us. So take these trailers with a grain of salt, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you didn't realize about them, they have done that with every movie that they've been involved with in regards to their relationship with Disney and the Marvel Universe. They are. I, I never worry about really watching Marvel trailers because they know how to cut a trailer. They know how not to give away the big important parts. They won't tell you all the jokes. We'll just get little bits and pieces that will set you up to go and watch the movie. And that... So unless you're looking to, of course, go in completely without any info, then do it definitely do it but it, it won't ruin your good time i think and i'm always so fascinated to see like okay where does this fit into things what are they what are they trying to tell us here with this or or what are they trying to fool us with with this new trailer yeah you see these moments shared between black widow and hawkeye who isn't really hawkeye in this movie Kind of is, but kind of isn't. So, you know, we'll, we'll just let that be there. And that's all I will say about that. But you have these moments between them. You have this moment with her and Cap. At least that's how they make it seem. And you can tell everyone is just down on their luck, kind of. But they know they can't give up. So it, it's just like this sad feeling throughout the entire trailer until you get to the end. And Thor says that he likes Captain Marvel. Yep, and that's like the little comedic little beat. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's not that Captain Marvel does anything. She just stands there, you know? She doesn't have to do anything. And I think that says enough to Thor. You know, she doesn't have to say anything to prove that she's there to help in that moment. 
At least right. that's what we're led to believe. Obviously, she's going to have lots of explaining to do later. But right. And like, she doesn't uh, even flinch. Yeah. <laughs> she's just not even bothered by it. Like, eh, you're funny. Funny man. <laughs> just like he's all right. You have measured up. Good. Yeah. <laughs> you're not asking for it. She's not asking for anyone's approval. She doesn't need to prove her worth to anybody. She doesn't need to do any of that. She's she knows how good she is. And I love that they reinforced that in this trailer. That was that was why I loved that little bit of it so much. It was like, oh, yes. Yeah, it's definitely something. And like I said, this trailer doesn't give too much away, if anything. It's like, okay, we kind of already saw this as happening. What they do show us, though, are the Avengers in matching suits, which is a very X-Men-like thing to do. And I'm very interested in what brings that about. <laughs> Right? I think they're spacesuits, personally. That's my guess. Could be. They're Guardians of the Galaxy style spacesuits. Yeah, I was going to say provided by someone from Guardians or Captain Marvel, one of the two. But given the fact that they have the little Avengers A on them, I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy as my first guess. <laughs> well, they have Rocket, so they're yes. good. You know, and I Rocket believe is... Nebula is in this. Yes, and I didn't. I thought they'd established that Shuri was still in the in the game. They've haven't said anything about her, but I thought that it had been established that she didn't get snapped. Yeah, that's the thing too. We don't know exactly who got snapped, other than who we saw disappear. It's like everyone else is unconfirmed. <laughs> oh God, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough watch. I'm so excited for it, and I'm. Personally, I'm really happy we'll get three hours out of it. If you're going to wrap that up, like, you need time. Yeah. And I want it done well and thoroughly, not kind of like, hey, we'll just throw it together, guys. Don't worry. You know, which is never Marvel's way. They've been doing, they've been in this game way too long to blow it now. Yeah. They know what they're doing by now. But the next thing I want to talk about quickly here is the slate of DC movies, because we have Shazam coming. April 5th, very, very soon here. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out. You have Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie coming later this year, Wonder Woman 1984, Birds of Prey. And as you made note, James Gunn is working on Suicide Squad 2, which is looking to be a reboot at this point. So there's a lot going on with DC, and it seems like they're finally moving away from the idea of having everything connected like Marvel has done. You know, I think it's because Marvel did it much better than DC was doing it. They're like, okay, you know what? These characters can exist in the same world and have their stories be separated for a bit. You know, if we need characters to come together for the Justice League, that's cool. But not everything needs to tie into everything that's going on in a Justice League movie necessarily. And that's something that, you know isn't on the immediate slate right now. We're not having a Justice League 2 come in. No one is sad. Well, I'm sure some people are sad, but they really <laughs> had to do a lot. Yes, but I mean, I would be excited if they continue to grow in the way they're showing. Like, I am looking forward to Shazam a lot. I've heard nothing but great things about it from my friends who've seen it, and it's supposed to be... an like we talked about when we did Aquaman, it's supposed to continue to push in this new direction of embracing the characters as they are and not trying to force them into a box, right. you know, the Snyder box. And 
I think that they're allowing each character not only to have their own stories, but to have completely different tones. Like Shazam will be much more kid centric and fun. And yeah. then I'm sure Walking Phoenix's Joker is going to be weird and creepy. And James Gunn's Suicide Squad, or I believe, as it's, they've announced, it's called The Suicide Squad. Yes. I'm expecting crazy, wacky, far out, and probably a little Guardians y, honestly. Because <laughs> that's, that's what that he does best. Is. Yes, yes, it is. We also have the Batman coming, so they like their thes in the DC universe. They do. For some upcoming things here. But Affleck is out as Batman, and Matt Reeves wants to have a younger Batman. I'm cool with that. You know, I was never a huge fan of Affleck's Batman, and I know some people liked him in the role, but I just felt like it wasn't necessarily him. I think it was more the writing for the movies that sort of just made it feel a little bland to me. I was like, okay, he's been through a lot. He's clearly a slightly older Batman. He's not quite Batman beyond old, but he's sort of hitting this period where he can't do everything he once could. And that just wasn't all that exciting to me. <laughs> right. They didn't they didn't explore it enough to make it interesting. Like if that's gonna be your Batman, then that kinda has to be the focus of your story. Like Frank yeah. Miller did in, you know, The Dark Knight Strikes Back and all that. Like and Affleck was never able to fill the Bruce Wayne shoes or the Batman shoes for me. You know? So I'm definitely happy with a younger Batman. I think that will give us uh, a new direction to go in. So, because you really can't count Christopher Nolan's films as part of the DCU. Right. You know, like, it just, it feels weird to do it that way. Even though I think it kind of try to cram it in there a little bit, but it, it never really fits together as a piece. Definitely. So which of these movies are you looking forward to the most. I'm pretty interested in seeing how Joaquin's Joker turns out just because I did not like Jared Leto as the Joker one bit. And obviously, I think Wonder Woman 1984 will have a bit of a brighter feel to it than the first movie did just because it's the 80s. So you have that going for that movie too. Right. And I think they'll have kind of I think at that point they will have really left behind the color palette that they had embraced with all of the pre-Aquaman movies. And so I'm excited to see what they let um what they let her do with that film. Um I think I'm for the far out stuff. I'm really looking forward to Birds of Prey. I think I'm really excited to see what they what they allow that to become. And Shazam, I think, is the one I'm really looking forward to the most, honestly, right now in the in the near future. Because I think that one will be a really big step away. And I don't know a whole lot about Shazam. And I always like to get to know a new superhero. And Zachary Levi is supposed to be really great in it. Yeah, I already have my ticket for that. I'm going at like 4pm on Thursday night. So I was like, yes, nice. there's a 4pm showing. I will happily go to that. It's nice and early because I am apparently a grandma and don't like going to things late anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, it happens. Yeah, but that's the upcoming slate for DC as we know it right now. Things always seem to be changing with DC, so maybe I'll have an update on that later. But we're saving sort of the biggest news for last, I guess. The Disney-Fox deal is 
done. It is a ginormous merger, to say the least, which greatly benefits Marvel because they have a lot of characters being returned to them. Back in, I want to say, the 90s, the company was filing for bankruptcy, and they had to sell off a lot of the rights to these characters because you could tell in the 90s with the popularity of some of the older shows and everything like that, that these rights would hold some weight and be worth something in the future. You know, they probably couldn't have predicted it to this extent with the MCU and DCU and everything that's going on and how many stories are being told through the superhero lens these days. But I'm very excited for Marvel to get so many of these characters back personally. And I do understand that this merger is not great as a whole for the movie industry, but I'm mostly concerned with how it affects Marvel. So (laughs) I'm a little biased there. Yes, and I feel the same. I feel like on one hand, this is a this is just a continuation of conglomerating media companies into larger and larger groups, which allows for less it doesn't allow for much creativity or for ind- smaller individuals to really rise up and it solidifies a really corporate top-heavy environment. But when it comes to Marvel, I'm also really excited, especially in regards to the X-Men. I think that will be such a great addition to the Marvel Universe because I think Fox never really knew how to use the X-Men beyond the first couple movies. And I think Marvel will really be able to wrap that in well. And I'm really hoping they also continue with the, the Deadpool setup they've got going now because if they're going to make more Deadpool movies that's who I want to see as Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds like Hugh Jackman is Wolverine, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. So I think there's some really good sides to this and some really terrible sides because they're when I read through the deadline article it looks like there will still be a lot of jobs lost and so those are the bad the bad sides to this whole thing. The funny thing is, Fox was already lending Marvel a couple characters for the MCU. They technically own the rights to Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver because they are X-Men, you know? Right. So you had those two characters, and obviously Quicksilver didn't last very long, so I think they mostly just did that to get Scarlet Witch because of their relationship. It's like, well, can you take one without the other? Not really, so we'll just kill the other one off. (laughs) Right? We'll just make that go away. Yeah. So it, I think that Marvel was... I, I'm sure that that had such a huge role in Disney's decision to really go after this. Is Oh, well, this has a lot of things we've already established, and we can just roll them right into what we have now. And I'm sure Marvel was pleased because, you know, these are their babies, and they want to be able to make their stories for them. It's not like with Sony, where Sony plays ball... And they have Spider-Man back and Sony still gets to make, you know, Venom and make their money there. But so I think Marvel is getting a sweet deal in this. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to make it clear that I am not thrilled that a lot of people will be losing their jobs because of this merger. That always sucks, especially in an industry that is already so tough to get into, you know, because this is a horizontal merger. There are going to be a lot of roles that Marvel and Disney already have covered, so they don't need, you know, double the people doing the same job just because they're gaining more properties, basically. 
right? Hopefully it will end up that they'll need more jobs than they anticipate and that more people will be able to keep going because as Disney continues to grow and they had one of their most profitable years ever last year, uh, for those of you who kept up on the the Disney profit call that happened a couple months ago, they are doing gangbusters between Star Wars and Marvel and, you know, Pixar and regular old Disney movies and Disney Channel and on and on and on to add to infinity. Um, You know, hopefully they'll end up expanding their work more than they will now, because if you're going to have, because this merger also includes Fox Searchlight, which is their like more drama and quote unquote indie picks. And so they're going to need to keep that studio going if we're going to continue to have the same amount of films coming into the industry. So hopefully Disney will see this as an opportunity to like expand rather than just, oh, we've got the properties we need and now we'll dump all the rest, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And even though Marvel is getting a lot of these characters back, they still, like you said, don't have all of the characters. Sony still has so many big name characters. And even Universal is holding on tight to She-Hulk, apparently. Why? I don't really know. What? But yeah, she's like the only character that hasn't been used in the Marvel movies and Namor, really. So Universal has the rights to She-Hulk and Namor. And those two characters, from what I can tell at least, have not been used in any of the Marvel shows or anything. And Universal hasn't done anything with them either. But there's this handy Venn diagram that's been going around pretty much throughout all of the MCU that tells you who owns what rights to what characters. So I'll be sure to link to that as well. Because it's very interesting. I really feel like Universal should just give up. They've already given, you know, the Hulk, General Ross, Abomination, and Betty Ross over to Marvel at one point, and apparently the leader. So they basically have <laughs> these two characters that they haven't done anything with. And I'm not really sure why those rights haven't reverted back to Marvel, because that was kind of the deal with Fox initially. You can have these characters. Yeah. But if you don't use them for X amount of years, you have to give them back, which is why we got another bad Fantastic Four movie. So, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. it's- and that's that's how it works, because that and that is always the fate of the Fantastic Four, as those of you who've seen Roger Corman's Fantastic Four know. <laughs> yeah. So they spent a million dollars making a Fantastic Four movie in like 1992. And it was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> To say the least. (laughs) Yes, exactly. At least Sony has a plan for the characters, whether or not that ends up being great. You know, that's another thing. But they had a hit on their hands with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So I think there will be some moments that Sony has where it's like, okay, you know what? Sony can keep these characters a little longer. Disney doesn't need to buy everyone. So, you know, they can, if they keep playing nice with Marvel too, I think that'll benefit everyone, really. You know, it'll benefit Sony, it'll benefit Marvel, it'll benefit the fans. And that would be something that's very great to see. But, you know, I will link to this deadline article that sort of sums up the merger. I think it's a really good look at what exactly is going to happen, what exactly Disney bought, because Disney technically didn't buy all of Fox. There are still some things that Disney won't own, like Fox News, I believe, and possibly Fox Sports. So there are some things that were left out of the deal. But as far as 
Marvel is concerned, this is probably one of the best things that has happened to them since they got the MCU rolling. Yep. And I believe Fox still has some kind of like film side of it, or they could if they wanted to, but and they have lots of local TV. So I think it was probably in I'm, I'm sure that how Fox saw it was, well, we can slim down to the core of what they really do, which is Fox News, local TV, and sports, and then everything else they can kind of shed because it takes a lot of money to keep these things running and a lot of planning. And they obviously had not done a good job. You know, their biggest hit, you know, the X-Men movies have been received mediumly. I mean, some of yeah. their, some of them are terrible. Um, and then you even have though Logan. I maintain that, yes, and Deadpool. Right. Um, and I will maintain that there is a good movie somewhere in Age of Apocalypse. It's somewhere. They just I did still not cut watched it well. <laughs> it's, you can see it. If you watch it, you're like, okay, I can see where there's good parts to this. But whoever cut it and edited it together and wrote that script just did a bad job. Bad job. Yeah. So Fox just didn't know what to do with these characters, whereas Disney did. Fox saw an opportunity to get a big influx of cash and slim down to the things that they really want to put their money into. And Disney saw, oh, look at all this money we can make. Let's just rake this more, rake more money onto the giant Scrooge McDuck pile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But overall, I think it'll be interesting to see how this merger really plays out. And I don't think we'll really see the full effects of it until Marvel announces what's coming next. And I believe they are holding off until even after Spider-Man, possibly, before announcing the next phase of movies. So, you know, there's a lot coming and a lot we don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of the stuff that what they've announced, but it's all very like vague. <laughs> it's vague and it's characters who we don't know much about yet and characters who aren't huge in the in the MC in like the comics world. So, which makes me excited because I want to see, you know, I don't want to see another Captain America in regards to like someone, someone else being Captain America. I'll watch another Captain America movie. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I don't want to see someone else being Captain America or them yeah. tell that story over again. I want to see new characters with new identities and new people. So they've only announced a little bit, but I think we'll definitely get something big maybe at Comic-Con this year. Yeah, exactly. Well, Katie, thank you so, so much for sticking around and joining me for this bonus episode. It's a lot more fun to talk about this with someone instead of just talking to myself, which will happen time to time with these bonus episodes, just because, you know, sometimes scheduling more episodes than I already have to do with people will not work out. But really, thank you so much. This is definitely fun. Always love talking superheroes with you. <laughs> me too. It's great to talk about all this crazy news that we've had. Yeah, definitely. And to our listeners, if you have any feedback on these bonus episodes, you can hit us up on Twitter at GeekdomPod, Instagram, Welcome to Geekdom, Facebook, Welcome to Geekdom as well. And of course, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.